You're listening to Radio On, and our very special guest this evening is one of the early and most active pioneers of the Ukrainian experimental electronic music scene. Founder and producer of his label, Kvitnu, and in 2021 created his own music entity, Veriat. Of course, I'm reading it from his biog on his website, Dmitro Fedorenko. Welcome back again, again. Good evening. All Thank these you. years, all these years we've... Two, uh, two years. Yeah. Yes. And uh, all the communications that we had from Kiev as well. 2014, yes. Yeah. We had like, I don't know, 100 uh, Every week we spoke. I don't know if we even did it with, uh, with a bigger frequency. Or maybe twice a week, but at least once a week for uh, sure. And we had it... Uh, it started in December, huh? For three months or four months, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a, a good way to introduce this a little bit uh, more, uh, the, the show that we are having, because our first uh, encounter, our first uh, meeting with, uh, with Dimitro was, uh, I think it was a winter of 2013-2014, and we started in December. Yes. Yeah, when uh, there was a big uprising in, in Kiev, and uh, the Maidan... Uh, uh, revolution as it is known right now and maybe just as an introduction you can tell a little bit, little bit about it because I also hear there's a lot of legends about it um, uh, I think may maybe the most important thing is how did it start uh, yes actually it's uh, nice to talk about it because kind of what we have now uh, it's uh, in many ways it's continuation of what we had in 2013 and 14 and um, back then uh, our ex-president Yanukovych he decided not to sign um, with um, this association with the European Union and people didn't like it because basically for us it would mean, would mean that uh, if not you then we would go to Russia and it started with a small uprising of students and some and it was really actually not so big and uh, it started in the end of november 2013 in the last days and then um, what never happened before then that police really violently beat the students at night and then next next morning almost one million people came out it was the first of december and then started this last revolution maidan which took uh, like basically three months and it ended with violently with basically with killing of more than 100 people in the streets of Kiev. There was like an occupation of the Maidan Square with uh, barricades and, and yes. daily fighting because I remember when uh, one of these uh, uh, talks that we had that from, from what does it smell like and you said when, uh, when I go to the supermarket I uh, smell uh, burning uh, Car tires. Uh, yes, it, uh, yeah. you reminded me. Yes, <laughs> Be, because at some point, uh, so it's it, the Maidan started to grow territorially, and in one of the streets, um, big fights uh, appeared, and yes, and people started to burn tires, which delivered a lot of troubles for the police. Then, because on this black smoke was going to them, and yes, and the smell was also of course really strong at that at that uh, time uh, already uh, say uh, uh, other voices here in, in Europe they uh, 
emphasized that it was a Nazi uprising. Um, I don't know if I asked directly about it, but uh, also here your your answer was from they are they are part of uh, this. Uh, um, uh, revolution thing, this part of this protest, and right now we need them because they are the heaviest fighters, and uh, we don't care too much about what is going to happen next. Now this Jan- Yanukovych has to go. From there's no other thing; he just has to go. And that's uh, what you thought then. Uh, well, back then, actually, still the <clears throat> we also discussed it back then. I don't remember in details, but. Um, let's say meanings of right and left um, in different parts of the Europe also as they're a little bit different I would say I remember you, you were and, talking about it and um, let's say really really I would say German style right-wing people so whatever white supremacy anything like this they were not present in Maidan mm. even those who tried to come they were removed immediately those guys who were called right sector actually those were more like food it started as a football um, ultras because they were on the right from the stage and yes uh, those were the guys who were actually fighting but um, I don't know if you want to go into details it has nothing to do to Hitler swastika and all the, all all the, all of these things uh, but yeah this is this thing that that I know because um because of this involvement because of this uh, uh, weekly rhythm of talking about it I went to uh, to do a, a lot really a lot of research that I almost became more expert than uh, than the experts because yeah, when you when you gather information, then you know, and then you also know about uh, the right wing thing uh, and the right wing myth in in Ukraine. Because if you uh, express it in numbers, it's twenty percent in Germany, it's twenty percent in uh, in the Netherlands, and it's uh, thirty or forty percent in in France, and it's one and a half percent in Ukraine. Yes, this is actually it's really good that you brought it up because yeah. when when whenever I have a discussion now or a year ago, it doesn't matter. Uh, that whenever ask, someone asking me about the popularity of nationalism or right-wing ideas, I always say it like this, on the last, uh, right after Maidan, um, uh, uh, there was one or two candidates from nationalists for presidency, altogether they took less than 2%. And none of national party came into parliament. On the last elections, it was basically the same. All the all the so-called right-wing people joined with one candidate, and he took I think one point something percent. Mm. And um, all together, nationalist parties in Ukraine that were that wanted to go to parliament on elections, uh, not that they just didn't go inside. They had uh, less than also to, less than two percent altogether. So if we talk about real numbers, it's not even. Um, not even something to talk about so it's the uh, it's really small it's really not present in on in real politics let's say and also this was this was um also another discussion about nazis and um, and and racism and so on um, i don't know if you know that in 2019 so actually now our president he's a jew and in 2019 prime minister was also a jew mm. and in 2019 Ukraine was the only country besides Israel where basically two heads of the state were actually Jews. <laughs> so how Nazi is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, after that that uh, change, 
of course the whole Donbass uh, thing started uh, which uh, for foreigners culminated in the downing of uh, MH17 and after that there was a decline in news coming in. It was from okay business as usual there are shootings and people are dying uh, only that 13,000 people have died in all those years. Can you describe a little bit uh, the development of the situation in Ukraine from 2014 to a month ago <laughs> and uh, how the relationship of Russia was in all those years? Um, the situation after MH17 also um, was, um, as we would call it, a frozen conflict or slow-burning conflict. It was really similar to what uh, is in Georgia happening when after 2008 Russia and also kind of annexed part of the territory, also in, in, in Moldova in 90s and so on. And um, since 2014, since 2015, when these Minsk agreements were signed, basically the super high escalation stopped and it was from time to time uh, exchanging sh shoots and exchanging artillery and so on and um, i think i don't remember how many i think more than two million maybe i'm mistaking that internal refugees were happening since that time oh yes uh, this is also what what was barely discussed that uh, after these two weeks now we have more than one million refugees and uh, two million again yes two oh. million yes and then um, there were internal refugees with most of them stayed in ukraine so they moved from donbass and from lugansk regions inside of ukraine they were also losing everything apartments jobs and then started life over and there were also i think one or two million at least hmm. and it was slow burning conflicts so i would say at least one soldier a week was wounded or often killed it was never stopped and then when in 2019 when uh, presidents changed when Zelensky became president he came um, <clears throat> with the promise that he knows exactly how to end the war uh, yes that he really believed that if he will talk to Putin he will convince him and then he, he always was convinced that it's only about previous government that was uh, doing all the wrong things well, he made in 2019, he started to put back our, our army from the borders with this rebellion kind of republics. And there was a lot of troubles inside in the, in the country. So there was not many people liked it because it was kind of a retreat or defeat. And until, and until 24th of February this year, it was, well, let's say the president was not really liked by many people. For what reasons? Uh, for for behaving weird. So first of all, uh, for me and for many of my friends, it was a bit weird that comedian was elected in the middle of actually war. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, it was, but it's true, majority it, it voted for him. And we also know why it's uh, one of the reasons, because really the previous guy, Poroshenko, was actually corrupt like hell. Even though he did many good things also, but anyway, it was too obvious to ignore. So um, it was a weird feeling that you have a country uh, which in the war now, you have annexed Crimea, you have annexed half of the half of, of Donbass, half of Lugansk, 
and then you have a team of people who have nothing, no idea about politics. And there were a lot of things, a lot of um, scandals, different types of scandals in, involved militaries, involved of conspiracies and so on. And um, after, after 24th of February, um, I think Zelensky is the best guy on the job now, to be honest. Maybe that, that well, yeah, no, I don't think that uh, that Putin will uh, take advantage of the weakness of a president. He's not weak. That's the thing. No, no, but like you said, if you are not very popular, then then you're weak in your position. Yes, yes. Uh, um, as uh, I guess, as everybody knows, that uh, extreme situations they kind of make everyone kind of an open wire, so to say. Yeah. It really shows who is who for real. And after 24th of uh, February, mm -hmm. I don't any uh, any highest uh, anyone who was criticizing Zelensky completely says he is the best man on the on the job now. Okay, um, Adrian, do you have a question? Otherwise, I w want to twist it like 180 <laughs> degrees. Wow! Uh, not changing the subject, but uh, going somewhere else because we are now in the now. Yep, yep. Uh, 24th of February, is that correct? That's yes. when, the, when the official uh, invasion, or um, how, how would you describe it? How do you describe it? it? It's an attack on Ukraine or invasion, or how would you say? Just absolutely classical invasion, Yep, as it was previously in the history of Europe and in the world. So declared a few minutes before it started, and then it started at five in the morning. And... and Could you believe what was going to happen, or you just knew because there were massing troops on the borders? And because um, you live, you live in Berlin now. Yeah, yeah I but must say, since a week before, a week before started, uh, we were in, in in Kiev. Ah, okay, okay, okay. So basically, um, less actually three days before it started, we we came back uh, came back to Berlin from Kiev. Right, and. Uh, I would say if we talk about if to talk about in depth about this uh, the situation for me it was not question if it was the question when yeah because uh, for anyone who knows the history uh, of relations of Ukraine and Russia history uh, why it's Ukraine is important for Russia for their for their identity let's say for the mythology they created for themselves around Ukraine um, they would never let us go just like this we are more important for Moscow than any place around them and even if you would see videos of uh, General Jahar Dudayev uh, the first president and the only president of Free Chechnya who was killed by Russians in 90s mm. he would predict everything what happened in any place uh, around Russia and including Ukraine including Crimea and, and that there will be a big war between Russia and Ukraine he just uh, didn't know when exactly so <clears throat> one week before even one month before um, I had no doubt that it will start I just didn't know it will start tomorrow one week later or it will start one month later but uh, it was obviously that it, it will be that it, that it will start one way or another and not just taking some pieces of land but full scale because uh, um, yes he, he needs Kiev I mean, Putin and all this all mythology of Russian Empire, which is actually also important to to talk, which is not I don't think it's appears so often 
Russia is still an empire by its construct. Mm. It's called Russia Federation and so on. But it has a lot of a lot of smaller nations, a lot of smaller kind of mini countries inside of it. So if you talk about really place where Russians live in Russia, it will be limited until Ural Mountains maximum. Mm. Because all the Chechnya... Ural the, Mountains, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because um, the Chechnya, there's Dagestan, Ingush, uh, the Buryat, there are so many smaller, smaller people which were basically colonized. The thing is that uh, the differences between um, Russian Empire and other empires, normally, let's say, British Empire, they would have colonies outside somewhere there. Mm. And it was kind of obvious, okay, this is England, this is Scotland, and this this is India, somewhere there. Russia, it was expanding, like, like um, taking neighbors, countries. Mm. And um, just look at the history, what was Moscovia before they took name Russia? What was Moscovia, how big it was? And this before before they declared that their empire. And so you can see how big they were, or actually how small they were. So these and empires, first of all, any empire will die. Mm. They were much smarter empires. Yep. And they were much more developed Indeed. empires in the past. Yeah. Uh, and Russia will die too. It's not a question uh, if it will be when. The only problem is empires usually die. They don't want to die. Usually die with a lot of blood and uh, with a lot of giving a lot of troubles. Uh, so this process is never easy. And uh, as uh, as we see now, hopefully this is the last fight. Hopefully this is the beginning of the end of this empire. I really hope so, because. Um, a few days ago, we met a girl, she's from Estonia, she was hysterical, her mother cannot sleep. We talked to our friends in Poland, it's the same situation. Mm. Our friends from Georgia, they also completely involved. Anyone uh, who lives in the countries or who lived in the countries uh, surrounding Russia, basically they understand if Ukraine loses, mm. they are all next. Right. Balti Baltic countries, Poland, Czech, uh, Georgia, Kazakhstan, anywhere, because Russia will not stop for sure. And it's also important. It's not. It's not about Putin only. Right. Right. You, this is a critical thing. Isn't it's it? really yeah. critical yeah. thing uh, because this is important to note it um, because the methods uh, Russian army is using now in Ukraine with shelling cities, shelling schools and kindergartens, uh, erasing cities. If just take a look at the first first war in Chechnya, Putin was not the president uh, of the country yet, and they were doing exactly the same things in Chechnya. It, in this really small day how they started how they were erasing grozny how they were um, making uh, cleansing in villages basically that's what they do now and it was not about putin hmm. it's the methods of the army of the taking piece of land and then expanding further never letting go i don't think mm, it will change only with replacement of putin maybe it will make a pause for uh, some sort of but uh, as long as this empire exists in its state now, how in this condition, it will never, f it will never let go Ukraine. It will never let go Baltic countries, uh, Georgia, and so on. My my question before Renus goes into his 180 degree turn, and and also before we play your first track, um, is the. Uh, I mean, all the demonstrations that have been on in in um, so far in in Berlin here, uh, three of them so far, um, they are being very careful to uh, separate the Russian 
Russian from Putin, and it's all being concentrated on on Putin. But so you're saying that he has there's there are people around him that ought, that are pushing for this, or do you know that his support raised from sixty seven to, to almost eighty percent uh, after he started mm. war in Russia, mm. and it's not fake numbers. Um, um, he is really majority of population of Russia believes uh, everything what what he says. Yes, there's a massive propaganda, but um, it's true. Mm. And why it's um, and it's not only about people who support; it's also about people who are silent, mm. yeah. who felt comfortable for all these twenty years that it was okay. The country, the Russia, was getting richer, and it was comfortable not to pay attention. And uh, not only anyone, artists as well, they were quite comfortable of not doing. Really, really small minority were actually doing something, trying to do something. So in this case, uh, yes, we see this tries of to say there's a Putin and there's this Russia. We know this narrative, um, and well, what can we do? We can't really avoid it, but it would be wrong to say so mm. because, as I said, um, methods of Russia were the same before Putin became a president. Mm. Just look at Yeltsin and what he did in Moldova, what what he did in Chechnya. And by the way, Chechnya was an independent state uh, recognized by Russia when the war started. Mm. And they did it by the law. So three years before Russia attacked Chechnya, Chechnya was a free, small, independent state. And they did everything, if you read the history of this, of this country. Uh, all the genocides were really similar in the past to Ukraine, what Russia did, and deportations of people. And Chechnya managed to become independent and it slowly was recognized uh, at least russia recognized it and then basically they attacked independent country mm. in 94. so i would say this is incorrect to put yeah. to differentiate to to discriminate i would say russia and putin mm. it, at least it's too early mm. let's say it took it, how many years it took germany uh, after 1945 that you could say that okay this is really calm the situation is calm and many things were kind of fixed let's say 20 uh, 61 <laughs> everything was calmed down in 2006 that was the breakthrough you see yeah so this um i don't know how much time it will take in russia to uh, to be first it i don't know how many how much time it would take to, mm, to deliver the message to people yeah you need a lot of generations to uh, yes. to disappear that's true and again actually what we expect we don't expect uh, some big changes happening uh, from um, from from those people who are protesting now if you look back uh, at the war of Chechnya you will see that actually the real changes started when the mothers started to ask questions right and this, many people, I actually agree with this. They start to ask questions already. The numbers of dead soldiers of Russians in Ukraine are astronomical. Yeah. Let's say even if the numbers are not super precise and maybe a little bit higher, even though what we see now, it's beyond anything comprehensible. I don't know even how to describe it because now the numbers are already higher than two Chechnya wars altogether. And it's just two weeks. And they start to ask questions. And as with Chechnya war, we usually mothers start at questions uh, much harder than just whoever, liberal journalists or artists or 
at least in Russia, it's like this. Mm. So we we expect to begin of something with this. And second thing, with the sanctions which started, actually, I'm surprised how fast they took they brought effect. Right. Uh, I don't uh, now I forgot a little but one Russian journalist said that Russians start to protest only when they are hungry and they ah. have nothing to eat. Mm. It, it's not Ukrainian, it's not my word. It's mm. what what one one liberal and uh, uh, the dissident Russian journalist said it, which is also kind of true. So um, it's heavy. Mm. Uh, it will be heavy on many people there and um, mothers and um, and financial troubles we expect the beginning of something there mm. to change it's a little bit what you see in in, in, in the few uh, movies that that come uh, on uh, on the web uh, of uh, protests in uh, in russia there's a lot of women in the front so if there are arrests then you see women uh, running to uh, the policemen and uh, They they are they are braver right now, and um, but probably maybe there's also a little bit of uh, difficulty from a policeman not to hit women oh, well, immediately. You are very wrong. Uh, they put now uh, the one one girl who was taking police secretly. She she uh, recorded interrogation. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know. Beating, electricity, yeah. rape. Uh, yeah. It's all full full scale there. there. Yeah. So so basically, it's not about that girls are going in front because mm. they police will be slower to them or like softer. No, it's not not at all. Okay. And this is actually one of the things which is. For for Ukrainians, uh, after our experiences, even with Maidan, is completely shocking. When I see that when police is taking old women, uh, arresting old women, and there are few dozens of men standing and looking at it mm. and doing nothing, this is I cannot I cannot take it at all. And when I hear that yes, they will they will they are facing 15 years in jail if, for protests, we had the same in 2014 yeah. we had exactly the same laws as now they have in russia if for protest 15 years in jail when they when they put these laws in power even more people came out on the streets and for now what i see that um, till this moment i think there was only one fight with cop which was really soft so okay. until this moment not one policeman in in, in russia was hurt uh -huh. while arresting women and also children put in jail yeah Also. This is for us is unspeakable how it's possible that so many thousand people going out to protest they have uh, thousands of soldiers dying in the war and basically it's not even the protest well you you, you can in, uh, in, make an interpretation on on, on two levels uh, one is uh, mentality of russian people or take berlin as an example when uh, goebbels came here in 1927 for eight years and Uh, or for six years there was a reign of terror so every everyone in the street knew that these people would go uh, until and over the limit and and that was uh, th this intimidation wa was uh, uh, very effective in, in, in keep keeping people silent um, so I, I don't know how much of this terror is present in, in, in Russian street life I don't know, but but the more the, if they are also intimidated from uh, well, obviously they are scared. Who, yeah. who wouldn't be? But then the question is, uh, if you don't pay attention to a problem, 
mm-hmm. for one year it's becoming bigger if you don't pay attention to a problem for 10 years it's 10 times bigger or, i don't know a thousand times bigger so basically the longer you wait it was not like this it was not like this i don't know 10 years ago so this is definitely escalating yeah and it's escalating also because of the silence and it's also escalating because um of not doing enough. So basically what we have now the question and somebody saying, yeah, but they're scared. What what were you doing for 20 years? And it's not general questions for all Russians. I'm asking some of my friends in Russia who actually silent completely. Not one Russian person wrote us even one message since the beginning, not one. Including Borisov. Fear? Nothing. Zero. In, when they saw, when they said that they are scared to talk about it openly, okay, maybe. Mm-hmm. But we had nothing. Nobody would ask us how how are you guys? What about with your families? We I don't know. We are scared. We are ashamed. Nothing. Nobody. I, I must admit, uh, Dmitry, I, I know we have got this uh, uh, person in, in Moscow who regularly sends in uh, shows. If I send a mail to him, I I really take care on what to write and uh, also take care on not to provoke him to let him uh, write things to me because it might bring trouble to him. So, well, yes, yeah, of course, yes. Yeah. But as I said, we had the same thing. So you see, it's kind of um, when last, I think it was last summer, protest in Belarus. Ukrainians projected so much hope yeah. that it will change. Uh, and whenever we would, so, but again, it's kind of wrong. We we had our wishes, but it's wrong to project yourself to, to a neighbor country. Because even though when you're a neighbor, I have no idea why Belarus, they lost their chance back then. And it end up terror. It end up as a terror. Yes, yeah. that's the thing. But this this is this is the law. If you start protesting against tyranny, you have two options: either you win, or you will end up in much harder terror. Yeah, that's the thing. But it's it's not uh, specifically to Russia or to Belarus or to anyone else. This is kind of the human history. It happened like this. Mm. Yeah. Okay, we can go into the abstract, but uh, yeah. the 180 degrees uh, turn I was talking about is um, when I see on television, uh, for example, uh, I, I visit my mom, and then on the television I see uh, Berlin. Then I always go from, oh, well, I was with my bicycle over there, and I was with my bicycle over there, and I was with my bicycle over there. Well, I don't know that part, but there's always this... Uh, pleasure in in recognizing i don't think that you now have much pleasure in recognizing but what is the impact of seeing all these images because your family lives there your friends live there and if you see bombed out buildings and 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 uh, neighborhoods being shelled do you recognize something from i have been there or this is there and it's not far from where my family lives how how close is this Uh, to your personal life full scale of course yes from the first airstrikes in Kiev uh, it's it's um, I see every building I was uh, like my friends lived next next door or I was going to a shop uh, in this place and so it's really um, it's, um, it's, it's the same it like it feels it's not abstract uh, that you see some something is happening there and it, not only in Kiev because Chernihiv this city on the north it's um, basically it's 30 kilometers from the even smaller city where I was born and it's almost erased now and uh, um, even 
this city I don't know that's as good as Kiev, but also I see buildings which I remember and um, schools and some and churches. Yeah, it, it feels um, actually even though it, that it was already I don't remember second day or something when I saw the first air. Uh, this missile hitting uh, a big tower, building tower in Kiev, it felt like uh, television tower. No, no, no. This building, like a how, like a, um, the, the residence tower. I think it was the first uh, oh, yeah. one when which was shown. Then it's kind of changed that I I realized that uh, I still I still had some hopes that the war will be. Um, it will not escalate to this level. So I kind of, yeah, they, they started it, but the, when they started to shelling uh, just houses, mm. and then I understood that, that um, um, we will have to rebuild the country in many cases from the ground. Oh, yeah. Yes. Already, uh, several cities already don't exist. Also, uh, two small cities, Irpin and Bucha, which are basically less than 10 kilometers from Kiev, they already don't exist. In, in what sense? Because they've been bombed? Bombed completely. So yeah. no buildings, no gas, no electricity, no infrastructure, mm. and people are trying to escape mm. now. Mm. And uh, you see the streets where it's, it's really like Grozny in Chechnya in 94, right. 95. Mm. So just basically nothing is there anymore. Not even, so just some remainings of the houses. And private houses, uh, they're shelling not only... Um, how to say, high floor buildings, but they're also shelling uh, surrounding villages or suburban areas. So um, many private houses also gone completely. And uh, also like city Irpin, which is really small, uh, 10 kilometers from Kiev, it's new and like 99% it's completely new buildings. So mm -hmm. it's it mm -hmm. was built, this micro city was built uh, since last, I don't know, seven, eight years. Mm -hmm. It's am amazingly beautiful in the parks and all these houses, not ugly, some, some buildings, but really small, nice cottage uh, places or some even high towers, but they are really not so extremely, they're really, really nice and everything is gone now. And we've been there like, I don't know, last, last summer enjoying how much beautiful this small place now and even more beautiful than Kiev in many ways and now no more. Mm. Yeah. And my parents, they're basically like three, three kilometers from the war zone now. From this, from this European erased city or five kilometers. So they're more on the underground than at home. Yes, they do, they spend, uh, they spend often hours in the basement, but they have private house, uh -huh. and hopefully for now, they they are a little bit in outskirts and the village they live, it's really small, mm. and uh, so far, it's it's still there. But already uh, one missile came to my parents' yard. <laughs> yes, and hopefully it came um, on the other side of the garden. And so it destroyed fence and a uh, few win windows with these pieces of the missile. Uh -huh. And uh, this kind of things, or some fires happening in surrounding areas. And they hear it all the time, and they see it all the time. They already kind of got used to it. Yeah. And um, my sister was there, and finally she, she moved. Actually, she escaped only today to another, to another place uh, uh, which is safe now. But my parents said, no, we don't want to go anywhere. So 
it's not possible to influence because many people actually they deny to go anywhere as long as the house is standing yeah so they are st- kind of standing their ground so to say <laughs> yes but you're in you're in touch you're in contact with yeah, them yeah as much as possible uh, of course of course so today uh, when my sister was moving from this village um, the problem was that uh, this highway which is two kilometers from the house it's already uh, there are tank battles happening there so the trouble was so usually when they're escaping if if people have cars they create a kind of a column Mm -hmm. and then uh, there are some there there are people who are checking on certain places if it's safe to go then they receive a comment and then they're crossing this highway Mm. like perpendicular way mm. and then there are some special roads how to how to do it how to work so so russians which are basically 100 meters there this blog post is standing and they're shooting every car mm. which is which they can see mm. so it was kind of a special missile mission impossible to escape yes so we're uh, if you've just joined us on radio on we we have a very special guest this evening dimitro fedorenko um, Ukrainian artist. Uh, it's March the eighth. It's International Frauentag, International Women's Day today, Sunday. Uh, blue sky here in Berlin. Mimosa um, will be uh, blossoming also in, uh, in in Ukraine. Yes, mm. springtime. It's springtime. Yeah. yeah. Um, just to not really, uh, I can't change things. Uh, the direction of uh, of the questions, but um, I I want to say that. Uh, um, in 2021, you created your uh, new music entity, Veriat. Yes. Um, how how does your music reflect what's going on? I mean, we had the p- pandemic, which now seems to be changing, perhaps in a in a certain sense. Um, but how does your music reflect what's going on around you, for you, for your life? Well, now it's not possible for me to do music. Ah, uh, to concentrate ah. at, the, at, the mo- at the moment. But with COVID, it was completely different. Actually, uh, when COVID started, uh, creative-wise, it was the best two years since last 10 years, probably. I never made as much music, and not only music as I did during COVID times. Mm. Somehow something switched. This uh, acceptance of uh, forces from outside, which you cannot control. Mm. And it was like a journey to myself in many ways. And this new project, Variat, um, was a challenge because uh, it, all 20 or 25 years before, I only made electronic music. And this is guitar. Mm. Still experimental anything, but uh, 90% of the sound I made only with guitars. And it's on the decks now. Yes. And it's a clear, it's not, it's clear vinyl, but it, it looks, it's got some kind of, because you, you also did the artwork as well for your other label, Kvitnu, as well, a certain amount. Mostly Zavaloka did. In this case, uh, for Kvitnu, Zavaloka did most of the artworks, or almost all of them. For in this one, uh, this is my paintings, this aquarelle or water watercolor paintings here. This was also one of experiments because somehow visual visual things started to grow. Mm. That's a lot of water, and you go and you make a circle over. Not well, water. No, it. <laughs> in this case, so the album is called "I Can See Everything from Here," and somehow when I was experimenting with with the paint, 
this eye appeared. Uh-huh. Ah. Um, I so, had, yeah, it looks like an eye on the front yes. of the album cover. Uh, and I'm here saying. also, uh, also by doing the same technique, ah. only surround uh, everything inside was gone, and this kind of swallowed Ouroboros or something weird snake appeared. Ah. Well, this this might uh, in fact be the model of of the universe that, that everybody mm. thinks it's a vast space, but in in fact it's a circle. You hit something, uh, yeah, yes. tree. <laughs> so no. So the the, the um, Renus is holding up the album cover now because it's radio, you, radio here. Yeah. Um, first, first of all, it looks very zen-like to mm-hmm. me, um, but also this kind of snake eating itself somehow. You know, so it's a rare, it's black and white image. Um, could also be stone as well. Or some yeah, but don't of, you think that the universe <laughs> is this shape? I, the universe is this shape. But but the that? title of the album is you I can see everything from yeah. here. Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna think about this universe as a, <laughs> as a ring, but but but, and the center is void. Uh, so Renus is not the center of the universe. Then Renus, n- you're n- not no, the center of it. Nobody is the center of the universe <laughs> because you're just everybody's on the outskirts. On the edges. The universe is the outskirts. Mm. So should we play one of these tracks? Uh, uh, what's the name of the track that you want to play? Track will be. There's lots of lights leaking all over.
listening to Radio One. Our special guest this evening, Dmitry Fedorenko. Uh, and that was from the album Variat. Uh, I can see everything from here. What was the name of that particular track? Uh, there's lots of light leaking all over. Ah, yeah. There's lots of light leaking all over. Great names here. Remaining somewhat myself. The halves are once again together. Does this did uh, this have anything to do with the pandemic? No, nothing. I mean, it's no, no, a, no. Is it a year old now, or you've been working on this for a year, or for six months? Six I was months. working on it. Right. And it's, this this album and this project is uh, yeah, it's kind of baby of pandemic. The baby. But but oh. I, but, I, but I would never I would never do any um, anything about COVID. This would be too primitive, I would say. No, no. I mean, I don't mean directly, but indirectly. Uh, no, no. How, how? As the question was before, how does your work reflect what's going on around you? Covid just made some push some reflections uh, on myself. Mm. Kind of looking inside. That's why this this eye on the cover and the names they're kind of references to more some practices or to some observations of of myself. From myself, from myself. So, <laughs> yes. so it's kind of very personal, personal level work. Another question I have: Why, why did you stop the label Kavitnu? When, when did you stop it? By the way, uh, a few years ago, was the 2000, 2021. Yep, on the first COVID year. For anyone who's not aware of uh, this epic, la- epic, I want to use this legendary <laughs> epic label. Uh, Kavitnu, uh, can you describe it a little bit? Yeah, how this thing started, because uh, then we have to go back to uh, mm-hmm. a scene uh, in, in, in Kiev. When, when I read now, it's, it's the new club uh, capital of the world, but yeah. uh, well, the what kind of capital was it when, when you were living there? Uh, it was far from it. Uh, label started, We started Label uh, in 2006, so basically, I started it together with Zavaloka. I was um, boss of the label, and she, uh, I offered her to be um, the boss of the design of the visual representation of aesthetics of the label. But you uh, were too. Yes, in the beginning, of course. So it's easy to be a boss. Um, no, it was not so much about being a boss. It was more about to clearly understand who is doing what, mm-hmm. because then it's just easier to uh, to to know uh, responsibilities. And uh, for instance, it's nice, if, to my understanding, it's nice to know what's doing who. So let's say if I'm deciding uh, whether I like them or not, and I can ask Zavaloka questions if she, her opinion, but I will decide yes or no. And the same when she's doing cover, she, if she wants to, she can ask me if I like the idea or not. But anyway, the last words is hers. Yeah. So it was kind of boss not boss but basically it was uh, everybody's doing job and uh, and has the last word uh, on decisions on every level mm. and in 2006 we started this level level label <laughs> and um idea was to do something international very personal and somehow it grew um in many ways i didn't plan how in which direction exactly it would go and we had a quite good team of international artists from Portugal, Italy, USA as well. How did this happen? Just people because sending... Because we, we have uh, people in, 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 in every corner of the world who are listening uh, and, and they... Uh, 
Maybe, Want to start maybe. their own labels? Yes, yes, <laughs> indeed. So there you are. Um, you do the covers and I do uh, do the sounds. But then, how do other people get involved? Well, uh, demos. What kind of infrastructure? Demos uh, or just artists were sending demos. Uh, mm. I always, I always believed in this kind of pure way of interacting. Mm. Uh, and all, uh, I l would listen for 15 years of label existence. I listened to each and every demo I received. Like John Peel. Uh, all the time, of course. And then and I would say nine, maybe almost 100% of artists on the label, they were they appeared on the label after sending us their demo works. No invitation. Um, I think like Pansonic we invite. We That's what I was about to say. Yes. I was about to ask actually. Yeah. But Pansonic was also, we invited them to perform on the event and then uh, I asked the permission to record this event. <laughs> and then it was 2009 and five years later uh, they said, yes, we, let's do it. So it, I think only Pansonic, maybe Ilpo uh, later on his solo album, but ah. all other artists, the, we all started collaboration when they just I didn't know these people they just sent me a demo and I listened to it and I said mm. okay let's do it so it was really naturally growing process and mm. uh, um, when the label was closed uh, we all remained super good friends and uh, all artists understood uh, my when I explained them why I'm doing this and mm. it took actually Mm, quite long time to prepare it so from the from the moment when i understood that i have to close the label to the moment when it was closed i think it was more than one year but why why did you do it then you decided that was it you see the, um as uh, wor world of music let's say changed <laughs> a lot yeah and it's not about complaining of it changes are good i like changes mm. in just, what way is it changed um, many rules, um, well, you see, running a label and, and, and taking artists um, is kind of you take responsibility for someone else's music and you want to present it as much as, as good as possible. And I always had the vision uh, starting from the quality of covers and, and presentation. Maybe it's not about how big label was, but I always knew um, the, um, the quality of the product we would produce. And um, at some point, I just realized that I cannot deliver, uh, I cannot sustain uh, on the same level as, as it was po was possible to do it previous like, 12 or 13 years. I was not satisfied with, um, so to, I, I was facing compromises, and I never like compromises in uh, art and uh, music. Compromising with who or what? With production, uh, with, uh, with promotion, uh, with, uh, with sales also, and... Uh, Somehow I started to feel, uh, so uh, let's say, to my understanding, art and music, it's not the place to compromise. Because you can compromise in many other levels. Mm. Life is full of places where you can compromise. Mm. But art is something where you, which actually designed to be as much honest as possible, full scale. And I just subjectively didn't feel that I can, pr that I can continue doing label as uh, as I wanted it to do. Can you give an example of the compromises that you had to do? Or I didn't understand already how to make promotion for releases, for instance, because uh, um, situation changed so much that uh, in 2006, I knew that if I invest this money or if I send this number of uh, copies to journalists, um, it will result in some some number of reviews. And these reviews will bring attention to the release and then there will be some sales and it was not so much about money, it was more about, uh, it means 
uh, sales means that people coming and listening to the artist. Uh, now I have no idea. I don't understand the logic of what is going on. Send, at some point, sending demos uh, to journalists um, started to give unpredictably low and weird results in, in reviews. And at some point, whether there is a review or no, it had zero result in in uh, in uh, appearance in the interest to to the artist or to the release, and uh, I felt that uh, something has changed, and uh, the situation was. Uh, some of my colleagues would tell me, "Don't close, change, do something," or even some some uh, colleagues told me, "Just keep it to it, label. The name is good. Just keep it to yourself and to Zavaloka." And I said, "Then it will be degrading. Then it will be disrespectful mm. to my colleagues. It's kind of tempting, but then it was not the idea of the label." Yeah, you don't keep a label for yourself, of course. Yeah, and then we actually we started label for ourselves, but then it was we started a new label, and it was only for two of us. But then we closed at first. We closed Kvitnu, and um, Kvitnu was um, closed. Uh, also, you see, uh, I, I see it like this. Um, any project has the beginning and it will end, like a book or a TV series, anything, music album. And it's really important how you start something, but it's also really important how you end something. And before Gitnu closed, was closed, I'm, I made kind of research. And I looked at the, uh, as many labels as I could remember, kind of similar, or let's say in general, experimental music labels. And I saw a horrible picture. I saw a lot of labels which stopped functioning, but they were not closed. Uh -huh. Just dead websites for two years, for three years, and labels, which I knew they would making good releases, they just became frozen. And I thought, wow, probably guys got really scared. It's, it's, it's kind of feeling of death in a way to close your own project, especially if you invested 10 years in it or 15 years in it. I don't know the reasons. I, again, I was not judging. I just realized that, wow, the situation is really, it's not only me. And then I talked to, to a few of my colleagues and they said, it's really completely changed. Everything. But in this, in this research, did you also find the labels that are alive? Um, I mean, uh, yes, this I is mean the every, everybody tells me you should uh, release on vinyl because everybody buys vinyl. But Se so. Second bad thing I saw? It's a label who stayed alive, but they, for instance, the label who was producing amazing CDs or vinyl, they start, they continued as a digital only. Mm -hmm. It's a lose. Uh, it's a lose of your concept. It's it's a compromise. Of course. Uh, when when uh, also I, I was also told to of my colleagues go digital. I said, but it was not my idea. Why would I go digital? I don't feel the the release myself. And um, anything, so I was writing lists of reasons to to keep or not or to close. Yeah, sleepless nights for many <laughs> oh months. <God. laughs> it was really not easy to be honest, uh, because well, um, it was 15 years of my life. Yeah, and it was uh, in many ways, it was like 24/7 job, waking up, checking emails, orders, and demos, and making plans and so on. But um, I think I, I think um, it was done perfect, to be honest, because um, the re reaction from artists um, showed me that um, it was that in general label was amazing. It was closed with a clean cut, so label will stay. Let's say it will 
be like the small brick in the wall of music it's found, found its place mm -hmm. and uh, i never failed i would say from the when i see the reaction of artists what they wrote uh, when the label was closed so it was um i would say it was a good ending maybe maybe you you weren't aware <laughs> that time was passing because the other day at, at, at jason's uh talk about jason only at Jason, yeah. at jason's birthday I was talking to somebody and it was only about memories mm. and you know at that point that you think well yeah shit, hey, i've got a i've got a history in berlin and now i'm leading a completely different life yeah okay this so this is what what's happened to your label you had a very fertile uh, period and now it's uh, yes and i, I thought the next step but you still didn't answer my question yes, in this one. research what are the labels and now because vinyl is very popular tapes are very popular uh, so wh where did the focus go to? It's important. It's also I think it's important. I don't generalize to anyone else. I did my own research and I made my own decision. Okay. So when uh, also a few times um, in Ukraine, uh, some young guys would ask me, should I start label? What is, would be my advice? And I say, yes, if you want, you can do it. Mm -hmm. But first of all, you have to know why are you doing it. You have to understand that if you really want to do it well, it will eat your time full scale. And uh, if it's possible to start label now, most probably yes. As I said, the world mu music is changing, but it's not dead, it's just changing. Mm -hmm. And I just I just realized that these changes don't comply with uh, my ideas of Kvitnu. So yeah. from, that's, it's not, uh, uh, my, my vision is not fatalistic or not everything is dead, not everything is bad, not at all, it's just, it just the way the situation changed also the way i changed the way i saw myself i also didn't see in many ways <clears throat> continuing doing um producing other people's music it was also another another subject so i kind of wanted to set myself free so you have a personal production which is uh it took augmented. me it took me one year i, I knew it will take time so after mm -hmm. the label was closed i didn't know how long it will take but I knew it will take some time, so I kind of let it go and say, okay, let's see how it goes. It took one year since I started, uh, was able to listen to music without judging. Oh, God. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're getting all these demos. Yes. Or, uh, are you still getting demos, by the way? Uh, I do, but I don't listen to them. I just politely just reply, them. I just say that uh, we, that Kvitnu is closed and, and new project Proster is uh, it's not even a label. It's more like a, like a art space, I would say. So <clears throat> labels I don't listen to, and really uh, I just realized that one year after Kvitnu was closed, that I, I would listen to some album of some band without thinking, would, mm. it, would it fit for Kvitnu? How would I release it? And I thought, okay, now I'm free. Mm. Mm. Good. But you listen to music in general, like yes. today, Sunday, 8th of March. What did you listen to for breakfast, or have you listened? Did you put anything on the somehow, turntable? Or? Somehow, um, since last, uh, it was also a weird change. Uh, mostly, I listened to heavy experimental guitar music from America. For example, like uh, Little Grateful Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> was the first thing that came to mind. More like Liturgy ah. from Brooklyn or The Body. Mm. Uh, these guys, and so this really, really, really heavy and really, really experimental things and quite radically sounding music. Hmm. And um, this, this would be my focus in, in what I was listening uh, lately. Did you have any 
um, demonstrations against? Uh, sorry, this is the final question about yeah. about closing yes, yes. your uh, kvitnu. Um, anyone? Any adverse reactions? People there. Uh, saying, no, this is not going to happen, or this will be the end of us, or what are we going to do now? Or um, there, were, there were some number of listeners, because we actually had some army, a small army of hardcore fans, we, oh. people who were buying everything, and they, were, ah. they really loved everything. Mm. Many people became really sad. Mm. Uh, yes. And I don't know, uh, <clears throat> the, the end of label was um, the conceptual release was was named silence it was just one loop of silence on <laughs> wow. seven inch record just in the center i'm sorry i, forgot I seem to, to remember it, it actually because uh, I, yeah, for, I unfortunately forgot to bring it so basically we forgot released, to bring silence yes uh, it mm. was just a silent loop mm. in the middle uh in the middle of seven inch record one-sided record and i wrote a concept and this was the idea to close the label with a silent release and we made a uh, limited limited edition of seven inch records. How many are there? How many 100. are there? A hundred, yes, right? Yes, right. And uh, that was the idea to to close the label and to go silent. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So it was uh, the last release of Kitna was uh, was uh, named Silence. Do you remember what you ate that evening? Did you go out to a restaurant or you made your was famous official famous curries? And or I, I I don't think I I worry it as much as that day when I sent uh, when I posted ah. every every when I posted the end and when I <laughs> sent to everyone messages. It, yes, I think I became even more gray in my hair. Than, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yes, no. It was really it was really it was really really intense and it was really not easy because even in the last evening I was still uh, I was still uh, worrying that. I'm closing something of 15 years of my life. Mm. And it was really, I, I wanted to be perfect. I wanted to write the perfect message to artists. I wanted to write, huh. to, to not not to go, uh, also important for me was not to end it sad. Mm. It, because I didn't want, it was not sad ending. It was actually ending on the pinnacle of the label. Mm. Uh, yes, uh, yes, sure, sure, sure. Uh, Dimitri, you live together with Javaloka. Yes. So the two of you, uh, for 15 years you uh, have been caring a lot caring a lot uh, of your artists caring a lot of your label caring a lot of uh, how to uh, bring it out of uh, what it should look like to make it all make perfect and where does the care go now because nothing gets lost in, in, in ways of energy and, and, and caring for something is a way of giving energy to something. Uh, how, how, could you, how could you shift your attention to in what direction did it go? Just a, um, Or did it go just from, from, oh, now we've got time for ourselves and let's clean the house? <laughs> Um, kind of yes, but figure it in, in a way of speaking, and eh? not literally. I should kind of yes. Uh, um, we got time for ourselves, and uh, now actually there's no boss, so to say. There's no someone is with the so uh, all the, we also also let go of this structure of uh, business relations, so to say. Ah, because right. now 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 on our new label, as we call it, the Prostir. Now uh, there are four projects: so Zavaloka, Kotra, this Variat, and this our co collaboration cluster lizard. And there is no waiting line, no demos. 
whoever finishes the album it getting released so uh, it's a home label yes and it's kind of it's not, as we don't even really call it a label it's more like a place like a product i yeah. don't know how to say it. we just we just needed to have it mm. yeah you mm -hmm. must put somewhere aside yes. for no demos please, yes something like this uh, and uh, actually yes uh, we are just artists now mm. we we don't think uh, so she doesn't have to think about uh, making artworks for for anyone else and uh, i don't have to think about demos we don't have to think about mm. uh, waiting line of releases no no planning uh, of as it was before mm. so i finished the album first it goes it gets released and then she finishes her, her solo album it gets released or we finish cluster lizard and we we decide how to get released it's just it's kind of continue continuation but it's completely different sounds like happiness yes <laughs> actually it's true unfortunately there is a war but uh, yes <laughs> But uh, if to talk about this, uh, the changes, it sounds like happiness because the experience is not gone. Mm -hmm. All the knowledge uh, after 15 years of Kvitnu, well, you kind of cannot uh, miss it. It just it's, it just stays with you. All this promotion, production, mailing this and all this stuff, shipping. It just uh, we don't have to think about anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you still have like rooms and rooms of records and things from, or, or you just managed to get rid of everything, or, when, or people still? Uh, no, no. It, the idea was when the when Quitno uh, was closed, mm. uh, all the remaining stock stock was sent to artists. Oh, In, oh so wow. artists received all the somebody received one box, somebody two CDs or vinyl, somebody more. That's very generous. Well, this was the idea, the idea because this was also um, to close something. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I only kept uh, some copies uh, of Muslim Gauss because, well, basically, Brin Jones is not with us anymore. And mm -hmm. and, and Pansonic mm -hmm. I kept because uh, Ilpos said that he has enough anyway. So mm -hmm. that's all. And um, all the all the remaining stock was sent to artists uh, with a number of boxes. I think it took one week or something. So all artists received uh, all the releases which I had and I told them, Please sell it, uh, set up your own band camps and uh, feel mm -hmm. free. And, and also um, I asked them if they, if they want to do re-release, uh, don't even ask me, just uh, just put, it was released by Kvitnu, somewhere on the cover it will be yeah. enough, ah, that's ah, all. Ah. So no contracts, there were no contracts we or anything? Never, so we only had contracts only on the level of to make some uh, production things and so on. Mm. So it was all, always on, uh, Believe like uh, on trust. That's mm. all. Were, so were there some of them living in Berlin so that you could go with uh, one, one with, with your chance, uh, transport one, bike? One is a lot of pattern, but his releases were all sold out. It, oh, because oh, oh, in, oh. in his case, some artists had uh, smaller numbers, so it mm. was always uh, kind of unpredictable. And now, um, actually, no two and one, one uh, Malf Mal Malfini ensemble they received two hundred or something CDs. Mm because the, the project was not so well sold it was really amazing but it was a bit s slowing down yeah <laughs> tell me uh, things happen so let's no. talk about sci-fi music and cluster lizard yeah. <laughs> okay. we are going to put a another track record first. here yeah maybe we should yeah. just put the vinyl on the deck okay see what happens let's see the last album it came out I will talk about it because it's worth uh, mm -hmm. describing. Oh, they're beautiful. The, every record has got some kind of thing about it. And this is also kind of clear vinyl, blue. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. 
Radio On with Dimitro Fedorenko. And that was Cluster Lizard. Sci-fi music? Music for sci-fi? It's very filmic. Yes, this was um, uh, Cluster Lizard. And uh, this is the project that we do with the Vlog. It's already the third album. And um, behind this project... So we had with her also, uh, music-wise, several albums released together. But as Cotter and Zavaloka, or Zavaloka versus Cotter and so on and so on. And then uh, somehow uh, we were invited to, to present the Electronic Festival in Paris a long time ago, I think 2015. You, you used to organise festivals as well, yes, is that yes, right? Yes, yeah. Uh, mm. No. Uh, Rings is saying it, no. It was a little bit more recent. <laughs> what? What? In Paris. Uh, no, the, the cluster laser started uh, in 2015 in Presence Electronic Festival yeah. when uh, Christian Zanissi invited us and we made a new program and it sounded somehow not me and not Zavaloka. It sounded kind of weirdly new and then after we performed it, uh, we got in, like offered to make it release, which was also interesting, not doing it by ourselves. Uh -huh. And then we decided to make, uh, to make it a band uh, and uh, we both absolutely in love with sci-fi books and movies. Uh, Can you and name a few? Go on. Well, Cluster Lizard comes, um, it's a g actually a character uh, from the TV series Lex. And uh, for us, I, I think it's the best thing which happened with TV on this planet ever. You, you mentioned in the last show. Yeah, yeah I so remember. remember. Yes. Yeah. But people mm. don't uh, follow radio. No, that, that's, that's right. That's right. So, but they yeah. can collect it. Yeah. We, yeah. Can, we can make a kind no, of label. Actually, Lex, uh, this TV series is all four seasons on YouTube for free. Which you mentioned before. Yes. Yeah. 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 So L-E-X. Two X. L-E-X-X. Ah, right. We right. will put the link on our yeah. website. And um, this was the this was one of the things. But anything, uh, basically anything hi-fi from whatever alien uh, stuff. So right. we consume all possible. And and when it, when it comes to sci-fi, it's also like Neil Stevenson is my most favorite writer ever, and uh, William Gibson and and so on. So mm -hmm. we uh, all not not only but somehow this is a special things for us. And 1984 is kind of not fantasy, but still in in a sure. way of the of this vision of the world how it can be. And each album of Cluster Lizard, uh, it's also uh, another thing. We also we have a dream both to make a soundtrack someday to some movie. Great. And great. since we decided, okay, since. Um, if we don't have to wait if if we don't if we're not invited to make soundtrack for a movie we can make soundtrack for a movie that doesn't exist and we just decided to make it cinema and it sounded cinematic from the first album it sounded like a storytelling in a way and this is now the third album and this album um it's a bit different starker star is the name of the book uh oh what's the name of this album star star starker star 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 star. right right and right. um we took it um uh, we decided to make a soundtrack for the novel, for the book. Mm. And this is a novel of Oles Bernik. Uh, he was uh, one of the prominent, most prominent Ukrainian dissidents in Soviet times. Ah. And for this book, he was sent to Gulag. Ah. And uh, this is, he was a sci-fi writer. And is his name here somewhere? Yes, yes, yes. Everything, the, the description is, uh, is on the cover, all the concept and with description. And this, uh, and Oles Bernik somehow um, in his in this Tarkasir novel, um, he wrote a sci-fi book, and it was published because it looked like just a sci-fi. But somehow censors of Soviet Union 
a bit later with some delay, they realize that actually there's quite a lot of things uh, written embedded in the text, which is not so good for the regime. Ah, wow. And his books, just imagine, so first of all, his books were taken uh, from all the libraries immediately, and they were actually publicly burning his books. Oh, no. Yes. Oh. What an outdated concept. Yes. <laughs> and he went to jail, uh, to Gulag, to, for, for, this, for this novel, and then he went out, and then I think he was two or three times sent uh, to, to whatever different types of concentration camps. What time are we talking about? 70s. Now? Yeah. Uh, in the, in this, this book was uh, published in, in 71, I think. Was uh, the Brezhnev Gulag? Yeah, yeah. And uh, last year was uh, was the the anniversary of this book, and we uh, we decided to not only to make a soundtrack our vision of this novel, but also to contribute it to um, Oles Bernik because he bas well he is one of the bright minds of the 20th century of Ukrainian literature. Still he, alive? No, no, no. He no. died. Mm. He was he was already quite old, mm. and uh, some of uh, and we got in contact with his daughter. Mm. Oh, uh, wow. she's alive, and mm. so kind of to so we uh, we would do it anyway. We didn't ask for anything, <laughs> but we wanted her to know ah. that we have this idea okay. that we want to promote her father uh, and somehow to push uh, his name. And she liked the idea. And then we met her when the album was released. We gave her some copies, and mm. we came to Kiev, and we and she she liked the music, and she even so we gave her enough copies to to give it to her friends and colleagues. Mm. And and this also uh, and somehow cluster lizard it also comes with the events as we have today because um, Alas Bernik also knew that this will happen that he was fighting for freedom of Ukraine from Russia and for Soviet Union all his life. Wow! And his books are all about freedom, inner and outer and political and self development. So somehow it all, all comes together in this case. Mm. So this album Starker Ser is uh, sci-fi and political at the same time. Mm. But not political, kind of with a direct narrative. Does he? Maybe yes. now it's a little bit difficult. But uh, his legacy in 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 in, U in Ukraine uh, is small. It for Very no? small. No. He was, they, they really did their best to erase him. Mm. The, the Soviets, they really when if they wanted to erase somebody, they really did their best. And now, but now, what is good? that uh, not only because of our but at least after this album was released in ukraine many people they went and bought his uh, now book which uh, this darker cell which published again right right and because of this album so we kind of in ukraine we popularized his name back great yes so. it worked it worked it worked quite well and also which means that you've got some impact in uh, cultural life and I would we do yes I think uh, so I think well so I th um, sometimes people are very modest about this but uh, from from but uh, what uh, well uh, look we uh, uh, okay not to be modest or not not to play these kind of games not so um but and me we were not only but we were really one of the first ones who were doing anything electronic experimental in Ukraine we started like more than 20 years ago yeah but this doesn't and mean uh, a lot if you've got only 20 people in the audience so uh, you have to give figures well we have some people in the audience and uh, <laughs> maybe we have some uh, <laughs> reputation Mm. Um, maybe sometimes not so so maybe sometimes too hard liner reputation especially in my case but uh, we, if we push something so we actually we knew that it will we will spread the word 
mm. this is for sure mm. and we knew that there are some some number of people in ukraine who after 20 years they they follow us mm. and they will pay attention for mm. sure and also that there are enough journalists who actually they pay attention to what we do and kvitnu is kind of it's kind of a strong name in ukraine really strong name still Okay, so to bring it back, yeah. uh, the uh, release of this album made people in Ukraine go out and buy the books and made a publishing house decide to uh, print this no, book. No, 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 not that much, not that much. The book it was separate decision. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But actually, we even so when we released this, uh, when we released the album. Uh, we found out that the book was published again, ah, okay. which, which was independent. Uh, yeah. uh. And I don't know how many people went, but we know because uh, often we receive messages. Uh. And several people told us that they knew nothing about Alice Bernik. Mm-hmm. And after this album was released, they went and bought the book or downloaded whatever, wow. and they uh, then read it. And there were some number of people. And usually, well, if uh, if I know about, let's say, five or ten people, then I can kind of make projection that there are kind of more. Mm-hmm. Would be. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and we know from his daughter that the book sales were good in general. So it's not only because of us, but uh, we paid some. Pro- we, we did something. Paid we some added, homage yes. to him. To we saw, uh, added yeah. some added some mm. promotion. So and mm. it, it was in the same year, which also was not planned. So we released this album, and then it was the uh, the amazing forty um, um, years since the release of the book. Mm. And it was re- and reprinted. It was book re- for the first time since '71. It was uh, printed again. So good. It wasn't erased completely. Um, you know that the um, picture in, uh, We have original, and the local grandmother saved this book. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> uh, and literally, for having the copy of this book, you could get really big troubles. And some people we know that they would do this. They would uh, tear the cover. Mm. Put some other book like Marx or something. Yeah. Uh-huh. Throw it. So show it. <laughs> throw it in the fire, and then save the 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 book without the cover. Okay. In in, in somewhere in private. Sure. Uh, in in shelves and so on. Uh-huh. So they were they tried to erase it, but the movement of some is that of of uh, holding or hiding books was really strong in Soviet Union, mm. and um, yeah, apparently we have original at home. Wow. Uh, two questions I, yes. that come to mind. Uh, one is, uh, was that the only book that he wrote? No, no, no. He, he so wrote, he wrote several. many. It was this yeah. one is the um, kind of pinnacle of his uh, okay. Of, okay. of his legacy and the most famous. Also because he was, for this book he was sent to Gulag. Right, right. And second question is, uh, can you quickly tell us uh, what happens in this book or what it's about? Oh, it's really hard to do. The <laughs> events are happening really fast. Okay, it's about it. It's about how one planet mm. creates um, dominance on another planet just to suck resources and to to destroy the development of another planet, and and how so how kind of space dissidents, so to say, how they are fighting the this. Uh, conscious eating planet how they're rescuing their own life their consciousness and to and a lot of things about script uh, about the vision what is freedom how much inner freedom uh, affects outer freedom so to say mm. you're how, talking about the war again uh yes also yes <laughs> there's no question is there yeah. it's, does, it seems to be feeding into it or Somehow, reflecting this, it. This, this is the thing you know it, it, one of the slogans in ukrainian mythology freedom or death uh, this was um, since centuries coming back again and again and again and again and this idea of um, 
freedom uh, it's in the national anthem and uh, in book of Alice Alice Bernick it's uh, uh, it's all one somehow and in his book uh, which is which was also um, for us personally was important that he draws the line and connects that you cannot be free outside if you're not free inside and it's kind of it's all interconnected mm-hmm. and you cannot be feel free inside if you're a slave outside and so it's always it, this book is really multi-level freedom perception and what is tyranny and how much the utopian systems they turned into tyranny so fast and why it's happening and so on and and uh, yeah and so on and so on can we hear another track from this album oh, oh, please uh, i think it's there I've, oh yes yes uh-huh got it here right in front of me wow i can feel all the static electricity coming off off me now after you're listening to radio on berlin on the fourth uh fourth of march what happened uh march the 8th
cluster lizard in the studio. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I want to spell out maybe uh, our, our listeners, uh, you uh, sitting there on your couch or walking uh, out there, walking, uh, walking in the, the street dog. or uh, cycling your bike with your with your iPod or your, your earphones. No one does that anymore. No, they, no what no. what they do now? They've got big earphones on. Right? Yeah, massive. Ad- They're massive. Big yeah. headphones, and then mm. they walk around and they listen to whatever. So, um, if if you're listening this and you're wondering from who is this science fiction writer from Ukraine, I'm going to spell it out, and I hope I can spell it mm. right. It's O L E. S. S. O. Les. Bertnik. B. E. R. D. N. Y. K. K. So that's uh, the guy. But uh, we will uh, put uh, his name and the links that I can find on the website. And you go to us to radio minus on minus Berlin dot com and search for Dimitri. But there's no question you're you're going to see him in uh, all over the place soon, aren't you? Because you'll be doing the soundtrack, of course, all these tracks here. (laughs) These are prequel to this big movie that will come out. Yeah, Ukraine will be built like Blade Runner uh, 2043 uh, kind of thing. It's uh, completely holographic and... uh, and publicity uh, on big screens just... <laughs> yeah. Of course, our dear listeners, uh, you, you must wonder, you know, what we talk about when the records are playing because, of course, we're, we're not just, uh, you know, listening to the tracks and things. But And I and I did uh, fire this question at you, Dimitro, while, while <laughs> I, I really want to get this in there. Um, and I asked you about Star Trek and, and, uh, you, and you said your answer was... The Star Trek came uh, after the fall of Iron Curtain in ninety not in the end of eighties. It came much later than all other movies like Star Star Wars or Alien and so on. Because mm. I think mostly because it was TV series and TV series uh, they were out of format, especially like good ones like sci-fi TV series. They mm. came much later. So we're talking about the original series, like the seventies. For for all yeah. you Trekkies out there, yeah. that yeah. all so that you that all arrived. In, in a different time order, almost a sci-fi film in itself. I would say um, the, the, time er, uh, the super early things with movies started to appear in the end of 80s with the private uh, TV, it was called TV Saloon, when there was a one TV in the room for 100 people, really like a TV, <laughs> yeah. VHS tape, uh, you could go and buy a ticket and mm. then you it would be horrible quality it would be horrible translation yeah but those was the first uh, experience of hollywood like movies amazing and uh, for instance aliens i saw like this when i was uh, you know the screen was the size of this for me uh you're you're putting up uh, like the size of a, oh, uh, a CD mobile cover. phone or yes, something like that yes you know? because it was i was uh, sitting too far because if you can't late <laughs> then you're sitting too far and you barely see anything so it was and then on the tv something started to appear i would say 91 mm. 1991 mm. when like star wars could be shown on tv mm. and then you could see it some with good translation mm. with uh, good quality and what was your impression after watching the very first a new hope i, I super much liked it number four isn't it i think yeah i liked i liked everything basically um in that time <laughs> me too anything, me too. <laughs> anything coming from the outside mm. was consumed um, 
like uh, the the treasure, I would say. Mm, okay. Then later <laughs> on, we decide if we like it so much or not. Sure. Because it was just about about some different quality, about different stories, about different concept, different different attitude, and so on. It was just so much different that at the beginning it was in many ways, especially when you're like 13 or 14. Mm. In many ways, it was just uh, different. It was already good. Mm. And what what about all this new stuff like the Mandalorian and all these guys? I mean, Disney now controls Star no, Wars. I think you just produce all this it's stuff. It's to but... McDonald's. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. It's sad. I don't understand why uh, why <laughs> Lucas sold. I don't know this. Sometimes the decisions. What you don't have enough money. You, you you created a perfect product, perfect art piece, and then you basically flushed it in the toilet of Disney. <laughs> why good question you yeah. will not spend this money till the end of your life did you ever see the muppet show and stuff like that did that yes, ever come over yes, to because yes, yes. i you know that was the i mean i'm just making a connection between uh you know baby yoda and all that which i never liked yoda i must say because i could all i could think of was uh um kermit the frog and miss piggy and the muppets <laughs> and everything else i like how star this book yeah, Remus, okay. yeah, 1977, <laughs> 77, or, or maybe in, when was it, when did it come over to uh, Ukraine then? Um, on TV in 91, uh, 90. Wow. Yes. So like 20 years after, or yes. 80, 90, before, no, no, 10 years after. Yeah. Before there was some, uh, we've heard about some illegal VHS tapes and mm. so on, but it was, mm. uh, no, you have to be maybe... Um, the son of some communist leader because they actually they had access to information mm. but for normal people we had nothing I mean we had French movies Alain Delon suffering against capitalism and 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 fighting for the people or <laughs> Italian comedies mm. so this was the the films which were uh, accepted by Soviet Union mm. mostly French French films about suffer of working class people mm. and ending in guillotine of course mm. or Italian comedies mm. What are Italian comedies? Are you talking about Bud Spencer? No, no, no. No, I, I can't. Actually, French comedies also, like Pierre Richard, amazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Italian disco was also allowed, yes. Ricky and Poveri, all this. Toto Cutugno, full scale. Uh-huh. Adriano Celentano. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I guess it's still big in Ukraine. No, but there were, but there were lists of forbidden forbidden uh, bands like Pink Floyd after 83 he, it was really forbidden uh, and whatever keys any rock music was really they were they were posting publishing lists of forbidden bands hang on so if Toto Cotugno and, uh, and, and Ricky Empoveri and Adriano Celentano and, 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 and San Remo I think they uh, must have shown it as well yes it, they did that's the reason why all these oligarchs have a big house in Italy now that's uh, yes also well, you see, that um, is so Italy this, became the promised land because of Ricky and Poveri. These guys, they were, singing, they were singing about love and flowers. They were not singing about problems. They were not singing like, I don't know, begging to uh, uh, Beirut and so on. So th- they didn't give troubles. It, no, no, this, uh, the, the, I lived in Italy and uh, the, um, the main theme of uh, the Italian song is the myth about the beach in august in the 50s so they want to recreate the beach feeling when when uh, when when italy was 
pushing itself upwards in modernity and, and everybody was uh, uh, liberating themselves from the change of poverty. Uh, Andriotti was dressed in uh, with a white costume. So that was a mythological time in, in, in Italy, the 50s and the beach. Nobody understood anything anyway. So yeah. uh, anything but th that's else? That's what they, the, yeah. the atmosphere that they were mm -hmm. uh, creating and recreating and recreating and recreating and still do. No melodic, I heard. A what? No, they have a new style of uh, this estrada, neo melodica. Also, some mafia sing guys connect some singers connected to mafia. I've been told recently. Oh yeah, it, so. it goes, it develops, so it does, it never go went away. Yeah, but also if you're with the mafia, you can become a singer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can do whatever you want, can't yeah. you? Oh, no, yeah, no, yeah, no yeah. problem. No yeah, problem. the Rat Pack. Yeah. 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 Uh, was there any mafia connected with uh, Kovitnu at all? Or did anyone try and take over the label or um, move in on your not, territory? Not, not directly. Mm. But, they would steal the name. But, no, but, no, but, in, no, 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 but in 90s, um, when Soviet Union has fallen, and normally uh, the same actually with Yakuza, with Mafia, uh, the same thing happens that kind of gangsters, they took over to rule the situation, to, to, um, to, to solve the problem, so to say. And actually the, the very, very first uh, electronic parties were sponsored by gangsters who were, because there was no money and so like mm. in, in early, like in 94, something 95, so there was some kind of, I, I never spoke to them. I saw some uh, like guys with scars, with guns and stuff. And That's them. And That's definitely but they, them. But they already liked like psychedelic trance or something like this. And, <laughs> okay. they, and, they, and they would come and give some money. So yes, there was some sort of um, met, mecenat situation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the, actually all of them were killed uh, with the, between each other with fights, obviously. But uh, but I was um, back then when I saw these guys I was too small I was not doing anything yet so I was I was teenager yeah yeah <laughs> another track yeah let's go for it uh, uh, we go to the science fiction or to because we've got two of you them decide. Of the you decide oh we're going to Variat okay uh, there you go there's the eye cover or the snake oh, eating okay. its uh, tail or or the Zen... Uh, Zen tail. Zen tail, yeah.
Variat. Variat, did I correctly yes, say that? Yes, Variat. Mm. And what was the name of that track? Oh, I start to forget. <laughs> uh, this is actually, no, this, the house are once again together. Um, it was from the description, one um, trembita is one uh, traditional Ukrainian instrument which made in Karpasan Mountains. It's really, really long uh, kind of pipe. Oh. And it's only made from the trees when the lightning hits the tree. Ah, wow. It kills the tree, it burns it down. Yeah. And then it splits on two. Mm-hmm. And then only this tree is used, only this burnt tree is used for this, making this instrument. No way. So the halves are once again together, because it, actually in this track, kind of guitar sings a little, well, in my way, I would say, to this instrument. And then you have to take these two parts of this uh, of this wood, clean it and do all the necessary things and, and then put it back together. So this was made using one of those lightning... No, 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 no. I don't have it because ah. it's, it's kind of, I don't know how many meters long and it's uh, it's, uh-huh. it's really in the mountains from... Uh, it's made in the mountains. You, I don't think you can have it even at home. It's really long. Oh, oh. Really long. You can you, When you hold like it... Like one of these Tibetan sort of yes, yes, uh, yes, instruments. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. yes, yes, yes. Mm. So, so this, the when when I made this track, it sounded, it kind of um, reminded me of this instrument. So uh-huh. I, and then when I just read the description mm. recalled how it's done mm. so and this idea of killed tree by the lightning and then the parts of broken tree they're coming back together to join to create a new instrument amazing with strings no no it's no no like, it's a oh. uh, like how do you uh, uh, yeah yeah I don't know. <laughs> not pipe or, uh, no it's breath you use your breath yeah breath Sure. Horn, yes, sure, yes, sure. sort of a horn. Yeah, but there's a wind instrument. It's a wind instrument. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So basically, <laughs> you just blow, <laughs> blow, blow the horn. Oh, you need a lot of lungs. A and lot, yes, shit. yes. Shit. Yes. And, and then, lightning, and lightning you need Lungs as well. and lightning. Yeah. Yeah. And especially yeah. when, when several guys are doing it together, like really men holding it's really, this really long horns, Amazing. it sounds really strong. You can hear it from one mountain to another. Of course. <laughs> yeah. And then the mountain reproduces it again. Yeah, so it goes and so... <sighs> Whoa! So they they just fill the, they they make the valley sound. Yeah, and this instrument is called trembita. Ah, so. Huh. Now I'm thinking of of people <laughs> who can make uh, who can find the frequency of a room and then mm-hmm. the whole room uh, sings. They do it with mountains. They yes. do it with mountains. <laughs> well, yeah. we, we've had a fan. Oh. We've had a fan in here. Uh, well, uh, not an actual fan of Radio On. Um, it's uh, there's a kind of chimney area in the in the space here. It's very small. The studio here, by the way, everyone out there. But uh, but I've noticed these kind of standing waves recently because they've changed the fan, or the or the fan somehow was uh, from the. Uh, Indian restaurant downstairs uh, was on its last legs mm. so th- you start hearing this kind of frequency which starts to either send you crazy or um, or you have to become in harmony with it somehow mm. but uh, what one of my one of my questions was do you listen to your own music um, and how often and do you and fall asleep when you listen to your in music? the morning no so uh, I, I fall asleep when I listen to my no, music. No, I, 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 li- I listen to my, my music uh, very not often. Mm. And usually I do it um, kind of a time check. So let's say if I still think that uh, one year later, for instance, now I didn't I didn't listen to these tracks mm. since, I don't know, maybe six, seven months. Mm. And now I listen to it 
And if I think that it still f- sounds interesting for me, mm. then I, for me, it's the proof that I made it well. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, but does it also block uh, making something new? No. No, okay. No, 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 no. It's somehow, no, it n- n- I don't have any troubles. But I, d- I don't have this uh, always listening to my own stuff. This yeah. is, would be weird. I'm with the me. wine now. I'm, I'm, uh, Renus is with the wine. Yeah, mm. this is... Uh, He's this away uh, with the wine. No, um... <laughs> I, mean, uh, I, I may, <laughs> Maybe, maybe it, it, it resonates with you, because um, when I grew up, there was a very strong presence of uh, the East Block, as we mm-hmm. called it. Uh, at the same time, uh, Spain was almost a no-go area because of Franco. Mm-hmm. There was a dictator in uh, in Portugal. There was a dictator mm-hmm. in Greece. They were killing all the students in mm-hmm. South America. So, geographically, geo geo psychology. It's hitting. Geo- so what was that wine? So it says Samstar. Geo- Georgian wine. Psych- is it Georgian? speaking. Mm. Mm. The world was not that big. Um, and now you can go everywhere. But I drink this wine and I think <laughs> it would be very interesting to go to Georgia if I want to go overland from Berlin. How should I go there? And By is plane. It, and is it, no, no, I don't fly. Ah. Is it safe to go yes, there? I forgot. Is it safe to go there? In Georgia, of yeah. course, yes. And, and the whole oh, what? You mean in terms of now? And uh, yeah, no, and, and the whole region over there between the uh, the Black Sea and the Caspic Sea. Uh. Huh? No, I think it's safe. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, they actually now they have the biggest protest since uh, ten years or something like this because the government denied making sanctions to Russia. Mm-hmm. And people came on the streets. And the Georgian friends, they say that last time, they, usually when so many Georgians coming on the streets, the government changes. And now, <laughs> well, if you go there, actually, yeah, it's a good question if it's safe. Well, they have hundreds of thousands of people on the squares now. Wow. No, I, 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 no, if, no, I drink this wine. Mm. And it's uh, <laughs> it makes me very curious of, uh, of the region where this is made. Because a region taste is, is, is the same like the wine. Mm. The, the taste mm-hmm. and the region and the culture over there is the same. Mm. Um, but when I lived in Italy, I was uh, particularly fond of uh, the the wine that the farmers made themselves. And if they make it, they the barrel is in the uh, stable. So with the cows and, and, and with the gear from, uh, from ag- agriculture. And I became such an expert in in, uh, in in drinking this kind of wine, which was ripened in stables, I call stables. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. that I could taste the cow shit. <laughs> that I could taste. They should put that on the label. That I could taste the way that the stable would would uh, smell, and 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 I was completely uh, immersed in 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 this uh, in this surroundings and in, in this environment. Um, because I strongly believe that that, that that is very much possible to translate your culture and your uh, I think so too I agree. and the country into your wine. So mm. and Georgia, actually, they're one of the most uh, hardcore hospitality people. Okay, they uh, they are so um, for them it's so important uh, to treat guests as kings. 
Huh. And uh, since uh, yeah, th- this is really special for them. And the wine wine rituals in Georgia are really big, and uh, they love their wine. And this have been there? No, unfortunately, no. But uh, so I know people many. And then since Soviet Union times, uh, the presence like how how uh, they were presented in the culture, so to say, in, of Soviet culture, it was always about hospitality. Mm-hmm. And with Ukraine. As um, we talk, uh, I don't know if I said already, if we consider them as kind of our brothers in arms, let's say, mm. that um, um, we suffer from the same asshole from North. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. when so far that the former president uh, mm-hmm. had an important uh, part in, in the politics in, in Ukraine, at, or was... Uh, he's in jail now. Huh? He's, is, uh, yeah, he's With the Dutch jail. wife. Uh, I think I know about wife, but Sakashvili is in jail in Georgia. Yeah. So somehow they have ha- hard times now with the government. I don't know all the details. I was not really following, but uh, it's not easy because uh, Russia was doing their best to after 2008 to embed their own politicians again. Mm-hmm. Some partly successful, partly not. The, and the opposition is fighting it, but. Um, um, they, they also um, Georgia the people who love freedom a lot since the ancient times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I think. I'm talking about ancient times. It just Should brings me very quickly to uh, what you were saying before, Dimitro, about um, the mothers of the soldiers that are mm-hmm. dying in Russia yeah. um, and how to change things, perhaps. And it reminds me a little bit about this uh, Aristophanes story uh, ancient greek greek comedy of lysistrata where where they this uh, they the women decided to stop the men from going to war they were going to deny them sex it's a very ancient story and uh, yeah so talking you about that you know what you know what now is happening in ukraine uh, when uh, our army they catching the russian soldiers mm. There are many, many vid- videos online now. Mm. They uh, ask them to call their mothers or their wives. And they're talking uh, and then tell them that they're prisoners, that they, are, they became prisoners of war, and to tell them what is going on, actually. Mm. And m- many of the soldiers are crying mm. because they're saying to their mothers or to wives or to fathers that actually we've been told that we came here to liberate someone from Nazis, but we are the Nazis here because we are shelling civilians. And why it's done, first of all, uh, so basically the idea that they're saying to mothers, spread the word because this is everything is lie. Mm. And there are many, many videos like this. Mm. Um, unfortunately, um, in many of these videos, mothers don't believe their sons. <laughs> they're saying, you are lying. It's all bullshit. It's not possible that we are shelling civilians. Mm. Um, in one video, Husband, the the father told to, to his son when he, when his son the soldier told him that I'm imprisoned and uh, you know I've been sent here to kill civilians and his father answered I, but I didn't send you there. Mm. Many videos of, of like this so they are done so they're calling the mothers, telling that I'm okay here as much as possible and please spread the word, and they're crying but many many of them don't want to believe their own sons mm. and husbands. Mm. This is also a really, really strong thing. And these videos, they come every day, many of them. Mm. So our army, they, they record these videos, put it online and these conversations. And yeah, it's really intense. Is, is it also know what they do with the prisoners of war? 
Um, the idea is like this, uh, that, um, well, it's war. So uh, th those who are captured, I don't know where they put them afterwards. This I have no idea. How it, I mm -hmm. mean, I don't know the technology, how it should be done. Mm -hmm. But the, the idea that uh, they should be not touched, uh, like treated as prisoners yeah, yeah, of yeah. war, the idea is uh, it's really propagated uh, se like seriously because uh, we don't want, to, like Ukraine should, should not look assholes mm -hmm. in, yeah. in these mm -hmm. cases. So those who are alive, they are treated, there are also videos when the soldiers are in hospitals, they are giving a medical treatment, they they save their whatever arms, legs, as much as it's possible, yeah. uh, and uh, often they are calling their mothers from hospitals also. So, but yeah, this this image of of uh, humanity uh, that that comes from Ukraine is really wow, unique almost, um, and and uh, you know I can so tell you uh, I don't know how much strength is to the soldiers uh, to to be humane. I, I when I, sometimes I think to myself if I would be there now and capturing especially especially when they're capturing pilots who were bombing cities mm. because several already captured mm. and if sometimes when they capture like 18 years old boys in some cases yes i can believe when they said they didn't know where they were going but the pilots yeah the, and and then sometimes they catch capture pilots who were in syria bombing aleppo mm -hmm. who were bombing georgia who were bombing now ukraine and I think it's really, really hard to, you know, not to do anything to them. No, but you see that they are clearly beaten yes. up. That's, uh, well, yes, but uh, they are, I mean, you know, they are not, well, they are alive. What would you do in, 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 in every series that I watch now, it's like no. from boom, 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 no. immediately that they uh, yes. kill it. But um, uh, the president, of course, Zelensky, is great, but he's also an actor. Yes. Um, but despite or oh, whatever, you you can have every every uh, profession if uh, before becoming a president. Ronald Reagan, yes. right? Um, but I think it helps be because the wife is also a scriptwriter, so you know what is the best way to do. Uh, and if it doesn't come from the heart, it, if if for the effect to you, you everyone worldwide. You can tell. This is the best thing that you can do. No, uh, yeah. I. Uh, Look, what, what, I what there, there's, there is no, there is no uh, way, and there's no way that uh, that this Zelensky is acting. There's, there's no. He's not acting now. There is no, no, no space behind him anymore. Absolutely. Also, uh, he's uh, no doubt he's in his office. Yeah, uh, when he's barely speaking, he really barely sleeps. I yeah. know, I know how they manage him to sleep for like mm. I don't know for how many hours. Mm. And when he's talking all the videos, and when he's going and making the selfie videos in front of the, you know that there were already I think three or more attempts to kill him. Yeah, yeah. And he's not leaving Kiev. So and when he's talking, I ha nobody has doubt that he's uh, in this case honest. Mm. And before there were there were questions. Now, no, it's yeah, no questions. He's and also uh, in terms of terminology. So he comes from a very unsuccessful industrial city, Kriverich. It's a really long city, hundred two, one hundred twenty-six kilometers long. Huh? And, yes, we have the city, <laughs> <laughs> and it's really like a long line. Yeah, it's not a round city. 
And the, uh, Zelensky comes from this city. Um, this city is um, uh, how to, like I don't know Manchester or Detroit, something like that, some like industrial, unlivable place. By the side of a river or uh, somewhere. It, it's more about when it's it's all industrial. It's really mm. polluted, right? And it's, life is really tough there. Mm. And Zelensky, um, I don't know how to translate the term. So he's like the tough guy is coming from this tough city, mm. and now it is, and uh, he became a uh, actor. He became successful um, figure in TV industry and all this stuff. And he learned how to act. And he funny guy always there. But since the beginning of war, um, he acts like a you know like a, this tough street guy from this tough city. Mm. Like you wanna you wanna come here? Let's fuck <laughs> something like this. And then whenever you know it's it's hard to describe, but this uh, this uh, mimics the phrases, mm -hmm. his reactions. Uh, Putin made turned on the bad asshole in him, uh -huh. and uh -huh. everybody knows it, because somehow you know you know ev we all know this uh, this uh, this kind of un guys from the bad neighborhoods yeah. mm. who became successful, but you can still open it, and the war opened it in him full scale. Mm. So this is what Ukrainians see, and, yes. and and we can't see because we don't know yes. this connection. Yes, and that's why that's, that's why th that's yeah. why hundred percent support to him. Or anyone who was against him the day before, the next day everybody said it's amazing that he is there. If Poroshenko would be now, he would start definitely some dirty negotiations, some bullshit, some playing. He would be more actor. Mm. Yeah. Zelensky now is not an actor. Mm. He, of course, he maybe enjoy. I don't know if he, they tell him that he's now a superstar. Um, if he, how much he knows about it, if he's busy, but he acts now like a tough guy, yeah. like really like uh, who who was put in the corner, or and he's definitely not going to leave. Maybe die. I don't know. I thought of that yesterday, but I have to note that off that. Uh, yeah, in my most pessimistic vision, that uh, that it, this would end very badly. Um, no, no, no. It will be. Uh, um, the end will be good. We don't know when. It end will be good. I mean, you were talking about the end of your label before, and then you know that we're you talking. We're talking the, the no, new I'm, beginnings. No, I'm, to I'm talking about the end yeah. of empire, end of war. Uh, I'm mm. talking about uh, the. Um, um, we just don't know when, and we don't know how many troubles we will have to go through. Mm. If it will be one more month, one more year, we don't know. Mm. It will end well because. Mm. Uh, on many, many, many levels, um, Putin made many, many mistakes. He really underestimated the situation, and every and for the first time in history of uh, my country, it feels like the whole world is helping. Uh, in many different levels, mm. on political level, mm. on personal level, mm. every of my friends is doing something. Yeah, going to demos, sending like five euros something mm. bigger money some doing driving cars to there it feels like everybody's involved yeah people cannot sleep and mm. it's it somehow metaphysically mm. uh, this is the last war against this empire and uh, we don't know when it will end but now we are talking now people in now we have fighters from chechnya they say this is the chance for chechnya to become free now we have fighters from Georgia. They say finally we will have clean uh, land from from Russian invasion and so on. There are many hopes in Moldova, 
many people warring in Baltic countries. This should be the last fight. Mm. This must be the last fight. Mm. Because you see, so many nations for hundreds of years, uh, not only Ukraine, have history of this uh, genocide, cleansing of this moving people here and there. Crimean Tartars, they again, they lost their land. You know, Kazakhstan, um, Russia wants north of Kazakhstan back and so on. And it's all around. So we hope uh, it will end soon, but we know that it will end well. Just we don't know when. Dimitro, thank you very much for coming in this evening. Thank you, thank you very much. And uh, we look forward to many, many more shows as well with you. Hopefully. Uh, can you choose a track for the last uh, the last track for this show? Which album are you going to choose? No, yep. let's do Variat again. Variat. <laughs> Thank you. 